Uh, so what do you think today? Rain or 18 inches of snow? Overwhelmingly, I, think, I feel like people are voting for rain. Now, do you want the rain or the snow? I heard a few snows in there. You know, I, I have mixed feelings because before when we get like 18 inches of snow, like I got the day off and I'd like shovel and everything. But now that like the world has gone virtual, people expect you to work anyway. Uh, so there's like it doesn't matter if they shut down the state of Delaware. You still have to work. And um, anyway, I remember we lived in Maine. You get 18 inches of snow. School wasn't even late. Uh, so Delaware, it's a little different. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the weather, right? And there's a lot of uncertainty in the world in general. And today's verse uh, really shows us where we can find certainty in an uncertain world. And we're doing a series in the book of Hebrews. And so today, you may have guessed, we're in Hebrews chapter 6 again, starting verse 13, where it says, For example, since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, um, <coughs> uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, he took an oath in his own name, uh, and, and so, uh, he's saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. And, and so, to swear by, you know, ESV says it this way, it says, since, no one greater, uh, since, no, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. Uh, and so, kind of, I, I think about the ways we kind of make promises, or no, don't think swearing, but, you know, more like, a, you know, we make pinky promise swears. Anyone, anyone pinky promise? You know, that's like a binding legal agreement in some cultures. Like if you're 12. Um, or, you know, we do cross my uh, heart and hope to die. And then you're like, if you got your fingers crossed, you get out of it though, right? Like there's, some of you didn't have childhoods where there was these things. Um, people swear on their mother's grave. You know, that's, yeah, your mother turns over when you do that. Uh, the Bible, a stack of Bibles. I don't know if somehow like the, the amount of Bibles somehow makes it, you know, more, more holy. But, you know, we do all kinds of things. Uh, and, you know, which one would you take most seriously? Probably the pinky swear, right? No, no. I mean, really, uh, you, just, you can rank them however you want. But however you would rank them, you know, swearing God swearing by God kind of tops them all. Uh, <laughs> you know, God swears by Himself. He says, "I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number." Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, I do have some questions if you know the whole story about Abraham, how patient he was at a few points, but that's another, <laughs> another sermon for another day. So, but God makes this promise, and if you don't know the story, because if you grew up in church, maybe you know the story. I grew up in church, but I didn't know all the story, and it wasn't until like, I, I started reading the Bible for myself. I'm, starting, I'm reading through Genesis. And there's all these things that happen with Abraham, you know, and some of you kind of grew up and you sang the songs. Father Abraham, and then some of you do that. I, 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 I always sing it in Spanish because I've only sung the song in Mexico. Uh, well, I've sung it in Spanish here, but I, I, you know, I had to learn it here. I think I did have one church where we did it. I always did kids' ministry, whatever church we were in, because kids are fun. Uh, <laughs> and we actually, Denise and I taught fifth grade Sunday school, which was awesome. Because it's great, and that's actually when we like used to have to sit next to each other. Because our parents were both the last people at church, and the boys started at one end, the girls started at the other, and you kind of met in the middle. Uh, and I, I still remember our, our fifth grade Sunday school teacher was going, you know, in two years you're going to want to sit together. <laughs> yeah, that's never going to happen. Um, anyway, I do like sitting by her. <laughs> now it's my choice, not because my parents were late. Uh, <laughs> But if you don't know the story, Abraham, he's called from a foreign land. Uh, it's worshiping foreign uh, idols and gods. And Abraham, you know, he gets promised that, you know, there's going to be this great blessing, land, uh, lots of kids. But the problem is, he's got no kids. 
you know, he doesn't even just have like one at this point, he has none. And so Sarah and Abraham, they take things into their own hands, you get Ishmael, I got a whole sermon, you know, don't make Ishmaels, you know, <laughs> and there's, you know, you can figure out the, the logistics of how that happens, but God promises him a son, and God, eventually God blesses him with a son in his old age. And ultimately, you know, God's promise is worth the wait. But, you know, to say he waited patiently, it, it took a little bit of time, right? And, and so if you read the story, uh, <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is when the son finally comes along, and this is where we kind of, we get this verse that's being quoted here in Hebrews, uh, in Genesis 20, Genesis 2. The problem is, you know, when, when the son finally comes along, anybody know the story? God directs him to sacrifice his son. You know, you're like, what in the world? Like, we've waited all this time. The sun's here, and, and now you're saying sacrifice. And so I, I, I always picture the journey, how awkward it is. They kind of set out, and they're going there, and they have servants and everything, and then they're going up on the mountain, and it's just like, you know, a teenage son and Abraham, they're climbing up the mountain, and it's, you know, it says, you know, the, uh, we have fire in the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? <laughs> uh, but but you know, Abraham says God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And I don't know if that was in faith, <laughs> but he says you know they they ride in the place and he's about to kill him. Raises up the knife and, and he you know hears this voice says Abraham uh, Abraham Abraham yes you're, you know here I am. He said don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way for I know that you truly fear God. You have withheld you have not withheld from me even your your uh, your son your only son. And it was it was a test of his faith. Would he be willing to give it up? It wasn't actually human sacrifice going on here. It was just, you know, it's this big test of faith. And it says in verse, in chapter 22, verse 15, then the angel Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies and through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed because, uh, all because you have obeyed me. Uh, and so there's this, this great promise, and that's what the author of Hebrews is talking about here. Now, it's easy for us, like on, on this side of the story, it's easy for me to look back and see God's faithfulness, right? Because I, I knew the story. And even as I'm telling the story, I'm like, don't worry, you know, it doesn't kill him. You know, because if you read the story the first time, you're like, what in the world is going on? Because <laughs> you're like, you know, it, it's like a test of your faith. And ultimately, the Jewish people are descended from Abraham. And this letter of Hebrews seems to be written to the uh, Jewish believers, uh, who a lot, of, a lot of Hebrew people, uh, because they seem to be very familiar with it, although some of the stories would have been very familiar in that culture. Uh, and, and it's easy to assume that people reading this letter are the result of Abraham's faithfulness. They would have been his actual descendants. Um, you know, Abraham is their, like, their great, 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 You know, he, he's, he's, he's where they all come from. And Abraham is ultimately, he's this example of faith, uh, but he's really, he's also an example of God's faithfulness. Because it's not just Abraham's faith that does the thing, it's the fact that God came through in the clutch here. Um, you know, it took a while to happen, right? Uh, <laughs> Abraham only uh, saw Isaac, not the whole Jewish people. Uh, and, and there's, you know, promise and patience sometimes go hand in hand. There's a promise of something, but God doesn't always give it to us immediately. And, and there's a promise of a, of a hope and a future, there's a promise of these great things, but there's this waiting. And, and, you know, waiting is hard, you know. Uh, most of us struggle with patience. Amen. Um, I, I'm getting better as I get older, which is funny because I have less time now. But my, 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 my time is ticking. Uh, I'm, I'm, I work out just so I don't die quickly. Um, <laughs> you know, it's true. Anyway, uh, you know, we, we traffic. 
I occasionally get frustrated and, you know, in struggle in traffic. You know, some of you are in like, like I can't even compare to like, you know, seven hours on 95 in a snowstorm. So I, you, you win. Uh, but, you know, traffic. Microwave. Microwave is like, you know, how many seconds do I have to wait? Our microwave broke this morning. And like, you know, the kids are microwaving breakfast. And like, everything's just breaking on me this morning. It's like, you know, my whole body's breaking too. It's just, you know, we're like, we're like microwaving. Like, it takes, you know, it doesn't take 12 minutes for a hot pocket. At some point you figure out, you know, the microwave, I just keep putting it in and it's still cold. Uh, any of you know microwave repair? I'll, I'll see you after the service. But, you know, but even when you're microwaving something, it's like endless seconds. You know, and I, I still remember when you had to like light a stove and boil water and all kinds of things. Or, you know, microwave food. You get the food out after the endless seconds of the microwave. You can't wait to eat it, can you? How many of you have burned your mouth because you ate something out of the microwave that was wait? You could have waited a minute, done something, but you burned your mouth, right? And you almost want to micro-cool because like then you can heat it up and then you can like, cool it back down. and uh, Micro-cold. I think that was Josh's fifth grade science project. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it would be a great invention. Uh, maybe someone will do it and we'll constantly try to figure out the right temperature or something. Um, and see, the thing is, we can read Genesis quickly, right? Now, we've been doing like the 28-day Bible challenge. Some of you have been like in the Bible and kind of at least staying consistent, although I'm seeing fewer comments in that group. Y'all going to catch up on Sunday, though, right? <laughs> it's 28 days of reading, not reading 28 days for you. I'm just <laughs> Sunday, we're going to read all of Matthew. Huh? <laughs> like when you're texting me, what chapter are we on? You know, <laughs> I know you got off. Anyway, uh, but, you know, <laughs> you can read through Genesis relatively quickly, right? Uh, Abraham was 75 years old when he first receives his promise. He's 100 when he has Isaac, you know, uh, you know Sarah's 90. So, you know, you can read through the sections on, on Abraham, I, I don't know, in 25 minutes, but it takes 25 years to get there. Like, it, it takes a long time. And so, you know, <laughs> God's promise took 25 years. So God, God has his promises, but sometimes they don't come around as quickly as we'd like. And uh, scripture familiar to most of us, um, especially if you were here with us in the, uh, the, the series in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really uh, being slow about his promises, some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So a day is like a thousand years. You know, I got to tell my joke. <laughs> Man says, you know, uh, if a thousand years is like a day, what is a billion dollars to you? God's like, it's about a dollar. Man said, can I have a dollar? Sure, I'll give it to you tomorrow. <laughs> anyway. You know, and, and you know, like, remember Christmas break? Like, we just had it. Do you guys remember that? It was so fast, wasn't it? Like, there's like a couple of days where I forget what day it is in the middle there. Any, any, anyone else? You're like, what day is this? Is this Tuesday? I don't know. You know, um, anyway, uh, and I, I kind of didn't make it to the gym or anything. I just kind of took a break because, you know, I'm falling apart. My shoulder hurts. Anyway, uh, so, you know, you kind of, a couple days off, you kind of, Christmas break when you're a kid just seemed like it lasted forever. Now it's like you blink and it's gone, right? And some of you understand what I mean. Um, it just flies by. Uh, you know, God is eternal, and sometimes his timeline doesn't match our timeline, right? Um, but ultimately, God's promise it's worth the wait. Um, verse 16 says this. It says, Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two, uh, these two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who would have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. God's promise is guaranteed. Now, God, oops, I, uh, 
<laughs> uh, God's promises guaranteed. It says, you know, God bound himself to an oath. You know, today we make contracts, right, to be sure of things. Anyone have, anyone here a lawyer? No, no one wants to admit it. Or you walk, work in a legal office, I know at least one of you does. Um, <laughs> and so there's all kinds of contracts. Like, uh, you know, if you go rent a car, right? Anyone ever rent a car? Like, you can't if you're under 25, because it's exorbitant, at least. I remember, we, I was visiting, you know, we, I was married, you know, finishing school. You know, I was, like, for all intents and purposes, like a legal adult, and we tried to rent a car at LAX, and it was, like, going to cost, like, more than our, 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 to rent for, like, a weekend. It was going to cost more than, like, our month's rent. Uh, and I remember just, like, walking away at some point going, I just can't afford that. And, as luck would have it, Denise's sister happened to be in L.A. the same weekend. Anyway, so we got to try. It was before Uber and those things. Like, you couldn't, you know, anyway. So, but I mean, like, renting a car, there's all kinds of paperwork if you've ever done it, right? Like, after I was 25, renting cars all the time. But you, it's like paper. You can't just be like, hey, um, trust me, I'll bring it back. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, that's good. <laughs> you know, uh, and don't worry, I'll pay for it. Anyone ever try to do that? Like, yeah, we do that with Christmas trees on the tree, tree farm. A lot of times people get there, they don't realize we're cash only. And we're like, oh, we'll just, you know, come back later and pay. And they're like, what? You know, it's like suspicious. Like, like are you going to like turn me in for stealing a tree when I leave? I'm like, no, I just figure, you know, if you came and got a Christmas tree, you're probably not going to rip us off. And, and you know, I had, the latest I ever had is I had a guy come back like in February, middle of a snowstorm. It was one of those like 18 inch ones like and I just finished I did my my parents driveway I did my driveway and I, I always did the neighbor's driveway and like with a foot or more snow it was like exhausting and then like mom would cook a big breakfast for me afterwards and then I would after that breakfast I would go to the nap in front of the fire because that's just that was like my routine I love that you know I, I, oh my gosh that was a good day but you know I, I'm sitting there at the table eating this giant you know pile of pig flesh and <laughs> There was bacon and scrapple involved. And this dude walks into the door and he's like, you know, my dad's like, can I help you? He's like, I'm here to see him. I'm like, what? And it was like the dude who like, it took two months or more to come pay for a tree. But you know, for the most part, and he told me it was gonna take a little while. I just didn't think, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. But you know, you, you, don't, just, you don't just do that. And buying this building, there's a contract. You wouldn't believe how much paperwork I have to do. Or maybe you would. Oh my gosh, like I'm, get, I'm like, I'm like running into a meeting and I'm like talking to a lawyer and I'm like running out and then I'm talking to other lawyers because only certain lawyers can work in certain states and everything, there's all kinds of things. Oh my God, oh by the way, you didn't know we're, we're buying the building. And then, anyway, <laughs> uh, But you know, we had a verbal agreement, but we, now we have legally binding paperwork. You know, there has to, there, there's, you know, there there's, has to be something that kind of binds you. And you only have assurance of a promise based on really who makes the promise too, right? Everyone's got that friend who says they're going to meet you and never does, right? <laughs> some of you are thinking of people right now. And if you're thinking of someone, they're thinking of you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be there and they never go. And, you know, I remember coaching wrestling. I had some kids who, like, you know, they'd always say they're going to show up to things. And they wouldn't. Like, they're not showing up. Oh, I'll show up to the 5 a.m. run. They're not. I, I would go, uh-huh. <laughs> but you know they never would because, well, some of you I know are not going to show up at 5 a.m. runs. Uh, but that's, that's a whole other cardio question. <laughs> but ultimately, we can trust the promises of God because we know that he's one who sees it through, right? He, he's, he's not one who does it. You know, it says it's impossible for God to lie. I actually read, this is kind of succinctly put it uh, in this commentary I was reading. Actually, it was a study Bible I was reading. It says this, well, it's a, this is like a well-worn question. Is God so powerful that he can make a rock so big he cannot move it? Anyone heard that one? That's like deep thoughts. If God is so powerful, can he make a rock so big even he can't move it? You never thought of these things? Man, I got weird friends compared to you. Uh, I don't know. Years of youth ministry, they're like, the kids ask you some of the same questions. It's like, uh, 
Well, and here's the thing. It says, such objections, however, confuse God's character with his power to do things. God cannot lie because it is against his nature to do so. He is infinitely holy and all good. It's not so much about the impossibility of lying, but it's about God's truthfulness. Um, you know, saying, you know, like fish swim, you know, and like birds fly, except for penguins, because, you know, they just kind of fly through the water. Uh, you know, or haters going to hate. <laughs> haters going to hate, hate, hate. Oh, shake it off, shake it off. Anyway, it says this. Great confidence as we hold on to hope. And what is our hope? Our, our hope is ultimately this, this eternal home with Jesus. There's all kinds of ideas in our, in our, about the afterlife in our culture, but ultimately we get to be in the presence of God. Now, for some, it sounds like a weird way to spend eternity, but I'll tell you, it's going to be the best way. <laughs> uh, you know, Revelation 21 is a longer passage, uh, so I didn't put it up on the screens, but it says this. I, at least I don't think I did. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> uh, Revelation 21, sorry, verse 1 says, Then I saw a, a, new, a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven with a, like a bright beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said this, look, I am making everything new. And then he said this to me, write this down for this is what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers and, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now in life, you will have good times and bad times. I hope you at least have some good times. I, I know for certain most people are going to have bad times. Some people, maybe you have this like blessed life where, you know, there, there's, you know, hashtag blessed is on everything and your life turns out perfect all the time. And, you know, you find like a quarter when you walk down the street, you know, like you, you hit the soda machine, someone already put money in there. I don't know. Like everything in my day, it was like, I, I was really good at checking the phone booths for money. And I remember, I remember at Wits one time, I found like eight bucks in quarters. And, you know, it's like, you know, you feel like you're living that blessed life. Some, some days are like that. Like you're making all the lights when you're driving. You're like, yeah, blessed to the Lord. <laughs> Find a parking space right up front. You know, we have this thing we call pastoral parking privileges. Like sometimes I'm like, God, I need it. PPP. <laughs> I got that from a guy I worked with. <laughs> so they had a yellow stripe part though where I can park, right? No, I'm kidding. Not really. <laughs> You know, we do not have a reserved parking. Uh, in fact, if we had a reserved parking, I would put it up by the railroad tracks and, you know, I'll walk the furthest because uh, that's my cardio. Oh, there you go. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, ultimately, you know, you have good times. But ultimately, Christian hope isn't in this life, but our hope is in the next. Um, and, and I often say at funerals, and I have to remind people this truth. And, and ultimately, your choices, our choices will echo for eternity. Um, it says this in verse 19. This, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for your souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He's become our eternal high priest in the order uh, of Melchizedek. You know, anchor for our souls. You know, I, um, you know, I don't know what you think of when you think of anchor. Um, you know, I, I grew up uh, just a different way because we didn't have like a lot of the video games and stuff. We had Pong. That gives you some context for you know, the level of video games we had. Some of you are jealous because you wish you had Pong, right? There's probably like a Pong thing on a phone now. <laughs> anyway, uh, you didn't have Pong? Yeah, we were rolling, man. <laughs> we had Pong. Uh, some of you don't know what that is. You can Google it later. It was the early video game. We thought it was so cool. And, you know, 
my kids are playing video games, and it's like, it looks like real life on it. It's just, anyway, we didn't have, so we kind of went out in boats, because we live on a lake now. We live next door to where I grew up, and so, you know, we just kind of, we had some old boats, and we'd go out, and like, and you know, if you had, the anchor was an important thing, because if you were trying to fish, or trying to hang out or something, you needed the anchor to kind of keep you in place. Um, now, you go to the beach, you generally don't use an anchor, though, right? Right, I mean, you like, you just bring an anchor out. I mean, if you bring an anchor out on yourself, I mean, that's like swimming with the fishes kind of stuff. Maybe some of you are from New York do that, I don't know. Um, New, Jer- New Jersey folks, or anyway, whatever. You- anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding, I love you. Don't put, you know, cement shoes on me. <laughs> but, you know, at the beach, you know, I-, I remember as a kid, like, you know, I- you know I- you'd get swept one way or the other, then, then you're like, ultimately, you know, when you are, um, you know, the, uh, the-, the parent, which is like a weird switch, like when you've been a kid your whole life, and then suddenly you're not, and then you, yeah, you have kids, and that's kind of, it's a fun, but it's kind of weird, like, you know, you ever just like, when did I become a parent, like, um, anyway, <laughs> when does a dad joke become a dad joke, when it's a parent, but I'm bump, anyway, <laughs> but, but you know, like, you have to be careful you don't drift, right, like, because you drift too far, you drift out to sea, and my kids would, like, kind of like, when they were little, they would hang on to me, because they could trust that, the dad anchor would hold. Dad bod's got some weight to it. It can withstand the storm. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, our, our, ultimately, our anchor, our faith is in Jesus, and he's the one that keeps us from drifting. You know, there's a, there's a you know, common thing. If you ever work in a coffee shop, like I know, now I went to go to meet someone the other day for an appointment. I'm like rushing there. We get there, and the coffee shop was like not allowing people to go inside. So you know, I, ended up, I ended up at a Burger King adding to the dad bod. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Man, COVID makes it tough to meet with people, and they didn't want it, They didn't feel comfortable in the church, so you know I was going to meet them somewhere else. Um, did you ever work in a coffee shop? Like not work like as the employee, but like do your work there. And I I spent a lot of time like in school and everything, and I, I would always like end up working in coffee shops because it was cheap. My, my rent was like two dollars for you know a cup of coffee. Anyway, uh, but you know like when you're working in a coffee shop, there's always this like watch my stuff. Like some random stranger will look up at you and be like, can you watch my stuff? Because I got to go to the restroom. And I'm thinking, what if I'm the dude who steals stuff? you know like you don't know me like and I'd always feel a little nervous like because I would do the same thing I'd ask someone hey can you watch my stuff and I'm like they might watch it right into their bag (laughs) you know like you asked the wrong dude and it's gone (laughs) Uh, you know and ultimately our hope needs to be anchored in something that hold and ultimately in someone we can trust and that is Jesus you know we can trust God um, you know and we think of Christianity many many of us think of like we think of a symbol for Christianity what do you think of Probably a cross, which is a kind of a weird symbol. We've talked about this. It's basically, you know, we th- I mean, cross is like, oh, and then cross Christ, you powerful Christian image. I'm not making fun of it. But it's really like, you know, it might as well be like a, a noose. It, it was a, a brutal form of execution. Uh, and we just hang it around our neck. Um, but but it, it's a symbol of what Christ has done for us. And wh- what are some other Christian symbols that we think of when we think of jewelry now? Or like on the back of your car? The fish, you know. You know, the little, little fish, you put it on the back of your car. I don't put a fish on my car. You know why? Because of the way I drive. Um, I want people to love Jesus, not fear me. I, I don't have that. Some churches have that follow me to whatever church. One, I'm not always going, unless I have just a church car, you might follow me and I don't go to that church. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember this, this high-profile, well-known pastor, you know, he, he got in a traffic incident with someone. He was yelling at the guy. The guy's like, hey, your church bumper sticker. And the pastor was thinking, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> just saying, I got company. But, you know, people put the little Christian, it's a great symbol of Christian. You know, uh, one of the earliest... Um, you know, and then the dove, because, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, we are, we are Pentecostal up in here, can I get in? 
Can I get an amen from this side? This side, this is the non-Pentecostal side of the church. Now I got a little Pentecost back there. All right. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, one of the most common symbols early first couple centuries was the anchor. You know, because you know, uh, and this Christian artist wrote this in their album, which I thought was really kind of cool. Um, it says this. It says the first century symbol wasn't the cross; it was the anchor. If I'm a first century Christian, I'm hiding in the catacombs and three of my best friends have just been thrown to the lions or burned at the stake or crucified and set ablaze as torture at one of uh, Emperor Nero's garden party parties. The symbol that most encourages me in my faith is the anchor. When I see it, I'm reminded that Jesus is my anchor. Uh, you know, this 28-day challenge we've been doing, uh, if you've been doing it and if you haven't, you know, shame on you, you're not going to heaven. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I encourage you to do it because it builds, it builds healthy habits. You know, and reading scripture, you know, I'll tell you, um, obviously praying too, but reading scripture has been one of the most life-changing things for me, and it still is. I, I see stuff, I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible, mainly because I don't keep track. But, you know, I've been through it a few times. <laughs> but I still see new stuff. You know, it changes your heart when you read it, if you let it, um, which is a whole other lesson for a whole other time. But if, you, if, you do, if you're doing it, we, we, this week we would have read like two storms, right? And so when I was thinking about anchors, and I was thinking about storms at sea, uh, and so it was eight, was eight this week? No, I'm not good at math. I'm like eight, eight plus, we started on the second, and seven, that would have been, okay, the last two weeks, you know, I don't know. Anyway, you can do the math later. Um, Anyway, uh, and if you read today, <laughs> so, you know, first story, it's Jesus calms the storm. Now, this is, this was, we kind of preached this story at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when everything was kind of like falling apart and we weren't sure what was going on. And if you know the story, um, well, if you haven't read the story, it's in Matthew chapter 8, you can read it now, not right now, but soon. <laughs> uh, but, but basically, you know, they're, they're, they're in the boat, they're going across the lake, and it, the weather starts to get rough, and the tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, no, no, it, it, there's this kind of this craziness going outside. They're a little ship, and that's kind of, I picture it about the size of the SS Minnow for some of you who saw Gilligan's Island, but they're in the ship. Jesus is asleep in the boat at the back, which I always love because, you know, Jesus was tired. He was taking a nap, uh, and, you know, for those of you who understand, Jeff, I try to do things on a Sunday afternoon, but the nap cometh. <laughs> I'll drop a little King James out there for you on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm eating lunch usually with my dad, and I'm like, and my dad's like, you need to go to bed. I'm like, you are correct. You are correct, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, and ultimately, you know, in the pandemic, we talked about, you know, you know, Jesus gets up, you don't know the story, and he's like, hey, shut up, wind and waves, and it stops. And the disciples are like, who is this dude? Because if you've ever gotten out, everyone ever yelled a storm? I like read scripture, then I try stuff. Um, I got out, I remember it was like a hurricane, and I got out, and I, we were living on William Street at the time over here, and I was like screamed at the wind, and the, you know, it did not stop. You know why? Because I'm not Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, anyway, it stops, and the disciples are like, we were scared before, <laughs> we're really scared now, because like that, is, I don't know what they're expecting Jesus to do, he's a carpenter, he could repair the boat maybe, I don't know, but you know, you know, but ultimately, uh, through that we learn things, you know, hey, ultimately, I don't know where the boat is going, but I know the one who's in the boat. And we can, we can, have, we can, be, we can have trust and we can have faith because we know that Jesus is with us. Um, 
the, the second story we, we read in Matthew is chapter 14, verses 22 to 36. Um, this is a common one. You know, you've, you've, we've talked about this before. It's the, you know, Jesus walks in the water. He sends the disciples out ahead. And then, like, you know, like, he just walks across the water, you know. And, you know, if you've heard of it, you're thinking, well, yeah, I've heard of this. Jesus walks in the water. But it's kind, of, it's kind of crazy. And he's kind of, like, going by. And, you know, he's just going to, like, go on by. And they see him. And they're like, ah, Ghost. Because, you know, I don't know if you've ever been out in the middle of the ocean, or this is a giant lake, actually, but, you know, it's like you don't normally see dudes, like, walking by. And so they're freaked out. You know, you can make, you can make fun of all you. And then I love Peter, because what does Peter do? He's the only, he, like, he gets out of the boat, right? He's like, hey, Lord, if it's you, call me out. <laughs> so Jesus is like, hey, come on out. Peter's, like, chilling, walking on the water, <laughs> you know. And then what happens if you know the story? He starts to sink. Jesus got to grab him. Jesus is like the lifeguard. Pulls him out. Now, you know, problem is, Peter gets his, like, he's, he's focused on Jesus. He's stepping out of the boat. But what happens? Wind in the waves. Starts looking at that. And then he starts sinking. Now, and again, you can make fun of Peter all you want. And I do sometimes. But the other 11 disciples are just boat potatoes. They're just sitting in there not doing anything. So Peter at least, you know, takes that step out, right? And so when we look at that story, you know, a lot of things, but one is, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus, not the wind and the waves. And in your life, there will be wind and waves. There will be things coming against you. But Jesus, you know, he, our faith, our hope is the anchor. And when Jesus is in the boat, the storm calms down. So when the storm calms down or keeps raging, I, I don't care. I know Jesus is in the boat. Boat's not going to sink with Jesus in it. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, we must be anchored in Jesus. Now, we're in the middle of, you know, what this is, year three of 12 days to flatten the curve or whatever. Any, anyone keeping track? I don't even know what year it is anymore. I have to start. I was doing math. I was like, I was looking for something. I had to find the date on something. I had to find something. I was like, okay, January 2021. There we are. And I like start looking at the materials and I'm like, that's the wrong year. We're in 2022 now. I mean, some of that's getting old, but I think some of it is just this weird, like, you know, we're back to masks again. We're not doing masks. I don't mind. You can wear masks here. You know, that's, you know, not making fun of it, but it's like, it's just like, I don't know what to do. I was traveling in Pennsylvania when the, like, the new rules come out. I come back, and I'm like, everyone's wearing masks and things are shut down. I'm like, did he send me a text? What did it say? What did it say? <laughs> did, it, did it happen while I was gone? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, but, you know, the pandemic. You know, we're one, you're one sneeze away from COVID. And for some of you, that might be a death sentence. Some of you are going to be fine. It's a crazy virus. You know, I, I, and if, if the pandemic ain't getting you, inflation. Man, I, I, that rippled. <laughs> All, that, was like, that was like riding a wave. <laughs> we better get in a boat. Jesus is here. You know, <laughs> man, we, we, we do a lot. We have a food bank and everything. We, we give food out to people and everything. And we have people coming in. All, it's usually you know, tied to how bad the economy is. Because you know, you know, during the pandemic, actually, everyone was like doing food banks. We actually had a decrease for a while in people coming for food, which was great because there's lots of resources. Um, <laughs> then they also give them weird things like you know, powdered milk, which is why I found out that's why we're getting powdered milk coming back. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, inflation. Prices are going up faster than your salary. You know, it's hard. And then I was reading like stagflation, all these other economic fears. Anyway, I, you know, I, I get so scattered when I start reading that stuff, right? Like you're like, what in the world is going on? Here, this guy, I don't even know who Ralph Abernathy was, but I found out he's the one that made the quote uh, or said the quote. So I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And, and that's ultimately, we don't know what life's going to throw at us, but we know the anchor we have. 
We don't know what's going to happen next, but it says in verse 19, this, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. We know, we know that the anchor will hold. And someday, despite what happens in this life, good or bad, we'll be in his presence if we put our faith in him. You know, I was thinking this week, you know, and this morning, you know, what and who is anchoring your life? And we talk about the ABCs of salvation. It, it's a simple thing. You know, admit, you know, because we're all a little messed up, right? You believe that, that, that Jesus, you know, died for all that messed upness, all your sins. And then C, commit. Commit to following him. And you say yes to Jesus today, whether you're here or online. And, and you know, often, you know, I've been talking to people, and sometimes, you know, I think sometimes we have something we call the, the sinner's prayer. Now, some people make too much out of it. Like, I didn't say the sinner's prayer when I came to faith. Anyone have a kind of faith? You know, I, I, went to, I remember I went to the, um, it was the mustard seed down in, in Milford, and there was a track in the back, and it said, you know, okay, well, you know, it's like giving out the gospel. I'm, yeah, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. It gets to the back, and it's like, you have to say this prayer so you can be saved. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't say the prayer. So I swiped the track. Um, I still owe him a nickel. And I didn't. No, that would have made a funny story. I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure they would have been okay. But anyway, no, I, didn't, no, I, I, I memorized the prayer, you know, because I hadn't said the right prayer. And then, you know, I, I go home and I'm like praying it. And I'm like, I don't, the track said I'll feel different. And I'm like, I didn't feel any different. So I'm like, this time, man, I really need a God. I prayed it and I'm like, don't feel any different. Yeah, I, I went through like 10 times. And finally, I was just like, Lord, if I'm not saved, I ain't going to be saved, but I, you know, I love you. I'm going to follow you anyway. I don't get it. Uh, so it's not that the prayer is magical, but, it, but it's a good first step. It's, it's just simple. It's like, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead, and I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust, to fo- and I'll follow you as my Lord and Savior. It's a simple thing, and you can pray, and you begin this relationship with God. I was... I, t- I talk to people all the time about faith, and there's different people have different ideas about things, and it's like, it really is this relationship. And when you have a relationship with the Lord, it just, it changes your life. It changes the way you live. It changes what you put your hope and trust in. You know, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I like stuff. I, I like having a car. I would, I would have preferred one with a battery that started this morning. I would have preferred a wheel lug that didn't snap off this week. Oh, did I tell you my spare tire then developed a leak? I mean, it's just like one, it's like trouble comes in threes, I got them all, so I'm covered, you know, they say. I don't know. But, you know, would, you know it's not bad. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad to have stuff and things, but our hope and our trust can't be in those things. Our hope and our trust can't be in this world. They don't last. At one point, that car was brand new. Now it's been totaled by a tornado, and we're still driving it. Dents and all. <laughs> Denise is going to drive that thing till all the wheels fell off. Well, one of them did. <laughs> you got three more, honey. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now, here's the thing. If you, if you already know, be encouraged. Ultimately, God's going to get us through any storm. And eventually, we'll have our place in eternity with him. As the worship team